0: An unarmed man can only flee from evil, and evil is not overcome by fleeing from it. Jeff Cooper.
1: You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing.
0: Welcome to Writing Roots, I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. And our series for September is all about professions. All about skills, sets, and common characters you'll see throughout books, and you will probably write one or two of these, maybe in one book. And today, we're talking about things that go boom. Joining us is actually my husband, Nick Mangum. We are going to be talking to him about guns, specifically from the standpoint of people who own guns. Welcome. So what qualifies you to talk about guns?
1: This goes back a ways. I grew up with guns in the home. It started out with just Dad having a little 22 rifle, and uh, I can't remember far enough back to remember the first time I even shot it. I wasn't really a gun enthusiast until adulthood. Started getting out my own, started realizing, hey, these things are fun. Started collecting them. Uh, I'm also a NRA certified instructor for basic pistol and shotgun, and I'm a range safety officer, and working at a shop selling guns. Uh, I'm also a Type 3 FFL holder. It's for collecting curios and relics. So that's something I'm not only into, but I'm actually certified to do.
0: So guns are everywhere in modern books and in sci-fi. You see them everywhere in films, shows. What do you commonly see that is wrong in popular media about guns?
1: Probably the most common popular thing I see is improper terminology. Calling a magazine a clip, for instance not knowing anything really about how the gun works as a writer or as a director. You see things like guys with bottomless magazines when they're out shooting. You know, you got this little bitty grip on a gun that only holds so many cartridges, but by the time that scene's over, that guy has shot 40 rounds out of that thing. And I'm like, where is that coming from?
0: There's also a certain stereotype that people assign to gun owners and gun enthusiasts that it's usually like, crazy person doing like the sand people thing (laughs) yes raising the gun above their head how much would you say is accurate of what people view gun owners as being
1: i mean every rumor has a, a touch of truth in it it had to start somewhere and yes a lot of rednecks and whatnot own guns it's it's a thing but it doesn't obviously doesn't apply to everyone I see a lot of business owners, a lot of well-to-do people, a lot of guys that will come walking in our shop in a suit, wanting to buy a gun or wanting the gun that they've already got serviced or need ammo for or whatever. I really do think that, yeah, that firearms owners come from all walks of life. But yeah, there is no one type of gun owner out there.
0: You see so often in movies, I've actually read this in books as well, where they will take a handgun and just tuck it in their waistband. Oh, how, no. how plausible is that?
1: I mean, yeah, you see it all the time. You hear about those that aren't carrying legally doing it. It's crazy unsafe to do. All it takes is having a round chamber in that with it ready to go. And you grab for it the wrong way, grab that trigger, and you end up shooting kneecap out or something worse.
2: I see a fair amount of fiction where they're carrying the gun in the boot, in the shoe somehow. How realistic is that?
1: There are ankle holsters out there. Um, Most of the law enforcement officers that I know have a backup gun on an ankle holster on or just above their boot. Inside the boot, I'm not sure how comfortable that's going to be. Banging around inside the boot loose is going to bang the snot out of your ankle. A gun is not a big fluffy pillow. They're small. They're hard. They have sharp edges. You don't want that banging against you without it being secured.
2: If there was one thing you could make every one of our listeners understand about guns and gun enthusiasts, what would it be?
1: If you're unsure about things like terminology or how a gun is carried or, you know, just not knowing the firearms ownership world, understand that that we're out there and we like sharing this kind of stuff. Go to a local gun shop, local firearms trainer, somebody and and say, hey, I want to do this thing. I want to get everything right. And that's not a distracting thing from the writing. Go to one of those people and get with them and have them share what you need to make it correct in your writing.
0: In books, a lot of the time, characters will carry for defense. What usually prompts that and what do they need to have to do it properly?
1: Okay, so that's very much going to depend on what caused them to start thinking that way, what locality they live in as far as what's going to make that legal. But as far as the mentality getting into where you're going to defensively carry, you realize that there is an evil out there that doesn't care about you and will take your life to protect their own or even to just protect their own interests and realizing that you have the the ability to do something about that. And that does take a lot of thought. And sometimes it can take a traumatic incident to kick that off. Somebody gets mugged. Somebody realizes like, hey, you know, I'm getting off work at midnight in a really sketchy area and realizing that you need to defend yourself out there.
2: I see a lot in fiction out in the world that oh you're a woman so you must carry this kind of gun or oh you're a cop you probably have a glock how much of that is accurate and how much of that is just fiction
1: it's definitely not just in the writing world Um, I see it in gun shops even Uh, a woman comes in say hey I want a self-defense gun I see a lot of clerks go for well here's this little tiny thing that's kind of shiny and and pretty and, and it will fit well in your purse and first thing you need to ask comes to what they're going to be carrying. What's it going to be used for? If you're looking for a home defense gun, something good sized is going to be a work all for everyone. If you're looking for something for concealment, you want something smaller. But it, gender, I don't think matters as much as it does just stature. And I, I get it. Women tend to be smaller in stature than men on average. But I have had women come into our shop with bigger hands than me, and they want a, a good beefy sized gun that fits their hand well. Now, generally in writing, obviously stereotypes sometimes can play into a story. And so, yes, if you have a woman that has a very small little shiny stainless steel gun that does fit into you know her character well, it, it makes sense. Now, if you see a woman that's small, dainty, and pulls a desert eagle, a huge gun, out of her purse... I'm okay, running from
2: her a lot faster, just saying.
1: <laughs> me too. But, you know, it could change the reader's assumption of that character if she's pulling out this big, huge hand cannon of a gun.
2: So you mentioned earlier one of the issues you see in a lot of fiction is the terminology is wrong. So you want to talk us through the basic parts of the handgun and how to address them properly?
1: Basic parts of a handgun. It all depends on what type of handgun you have. I mean, if you're going all the way back to, you're writing something like the colonial days uh, of the U.S., you know, way back when, when firearms were still brand new, we've all heard the term lock, stock, and barrel. It pretty much refers to the three basic general components of any firearm is you're going to have the lock or the action. That's where all of the actual mechanical movement happens the stock, the piece of the firearm that holds everything together, and the barrel of the gun. Those are the three basic components of any firearm, uh, whether it be a handgun, a rifle, shotgun. So that's, that's the basic components. It breaks down from there. So for each individual weapon, sometimes a little research can be done. All you got to do is get on Google, look up Glock 17 parts. It'll kick up all the different parts that are in some of those. Some of those are very complex. There's some firearms out there that have a couple hundred parts in them. And some of them, they only have, you know, 30 to 40 parts. That'd be a relatively simple firearm. So you need to know the basic make and model of each firearm if you're going to say it specifically. If you're saying, hey, he pulled out a handgun, pulled the hammer back, and and shot around. Okay, if you're keeping it generic like that, it can work. But yeah, if you're saying, hey, he pulled out his Glock 17 and did this, it better be correct.
2: We talked a fair amount about guns themselves. What other kind of lingo would you have to offer?
1: You'll find that, like, the term weapon is only ever used in police and military. Civilian firearms owners, instructors, we tend to use the word gun, firearm, or call the actual firearm like its specific name. So in the firearms world, silencers is still technically a term. According to the ATF, the patent name for them is silencers, where the name comes from. A better description of them is suppressor. They help quiet a shot, but they do not silence it. If you want a silent shot, get a rubber band gun.
0: What about the muzzle flare? Will people notice the flash from a
1: gun? If you're shooting at nighttime, it's going to have a bright flash out the end of a gun, no matter what gun it is. The shorter the barrel and the higher the power of the cartridge, the more you're going to notice that. Something like a .22 rifle is going to have a very minimal muzzle flash due to the fact that it's a low-power cartridge and a longer barrel. But if you're shooting something like a Desert Eagle in fifty cal, it's going to have a fireball coming out the end of that barrel, especially visible at night.
0: Tracer rounds, do they exist?
1: Yes, they do. Some states have them banned. But yes, they are out there. The military uses them very extensively. Something to remember about tracer rounds is they're not loaded every round in a gun. Say like on a machine gun where it's belt fed, typically one in five to one in ten of those cartridges will be a tracer. Because of the rate of fire is pretty high, you're still getting enough of those downrange often enough that they can be used to kind of walk your fire, as they say, into the target. Something to remember for riders, though, is tracers work both ways. You can see where it's going and the people you're shooting at can see where it's coming from. As far as with firearms, rounds, cartridges, bullets, lots of different nomenclature there as well. Bullets are actually only the projectile part of a firearms cartridge. Referring to the entire thing, be it the case, the primer, the powder, and the bullet. Referring to that whole thing as a bullet is one way to annoy a firearms owner because the bullet is only a part of it. It'd be like referring to your car as a tire. So yeah, uh, a lot of gun enthusiasts refer to them as rounds. You know, hey, I got a box of rounds or I got 50 rounds in that but yeah, saying, I got, you know, I got 50 bullets in there. They're going to think you've got just the bullets and you're getting ready to reload some of your own cartridges. Now, that would still apply, though, for things like muzzle-loading firearms, going back to black powder, going way back when. Yeah, you kept all those separate because there were no cartridges back then. Everything was loaded into the gun separately by hand.
0: For authors wanting to do a little bit of research, there are a lot of resources out there that are not that good, that are actually not great. So do you have any recommendations of where people can go to start, like any YouTube channels or anything like that of good resources for authors?
1: Despite the bad rap they've gotten over the years, the NRA is a really good place to go for basic firearms information you're going to get that's correct. Their number one goal is safety and teaching U.S. citizens marksmanship. That's their end goal. And so they really enjoy sharing that with people and they're going to do it properly. Anytime you're looking into like a YouTube channel or a website, look for credentials. Just like any other profession, you don't want to come to me for things like engineering. I'm not qualified to share that with others. Now, when it comes to things like firearms, you're going to want to look for people that have instructor credentials or work in that industry for a number of years. Folks that actually have the knowledge and experience that's certified to go along with that. That's what you're going to want to look for.
0: And then if you want a look at more future, where the gun industry is going, look up videos about SHOT Show.
1: Correct. That's a big show that goes on once a year. I want to say it's down in Vegas. Uh, Firearms manufacturers, vendors, sellers uh, all get together. It's actually, you have to be qualified to get into that show. And that's where a lot of product announcements for the year happen.
2: All right. Well, thank you for joining us today. A lot of good information. If any of you listeners out there want to catch the full version of this episode, then we will have it available. Just check the email address at the end of this episode and we can send you
0: the full interview. And if you have any further questions about guns, how they work, like I said, Nick is my husband.
1: If you have any specific questions about a particular firearm, about what a certain type of character would use, anything gun related, yeah, go ahead and contact Writing Roots and they can get a hold of me. And uh, I love answering questions like that.
0: Trust me, he does. (laughs) (laughs) But until then, write selfishly.
1: If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingrootsataspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.